From the tailgate lot to the football field, our countdown is on. Here's your host of Heard It Here, Josh Swanson. Good morning, Bison Nation. Get the warm gloves out today, friends. The parka, the ice hole, whatever you need to stay warm, you have the full support of your buddy, Swanee. On Heard It Here with Swanee on 7. 40 a.m. The fan. Four degrees outside right now. I love it. It's there's so much to talk about today. We could go on for a three or four hour show. We have so much to unpack this week of Thanksgiving as we head into Turkey Day and the regular season finale. North Dakota State undisputed, unchallenged, number one ranked heavyweight team in the football. Championship subdivision going for the 11-0 undefeated perfect regular season. The first time the Bison will have done that since 2013. And it's senior day. There's 24 seniors that have committed four or five years of blood, sweat, and tears to this program. And we salute them in what will be their last regular season game in the Fargo Dome. But you know... We're going to have three more home playoff games. I'm telling you right now, FCS playoff selection special tomorrow morning, 11.30 a.m. ESPNU, North Dakota State, will be the number one seed. Who's going to be that number four and five seed in the eight seed that'll be on the same side of the bracket as the Bison? Oh, Swanium, the committee, they're going to, they're going to stick it to us, man. They're going to put South Dakota State. They're going to put them on the safe side of our bracket. I don't care. I don't give a flying turkey feather. Now, you were a little nervous. Mon Paswani were a little nervous where I was going there with that one. Flying turkey feather. Gobble, gobble. I don't care. North Dakota State could be playing Kennesaw State. We could be playing James Madison. We could be playing Weber State, the Jack <laughs> Rabbits. North Dakota State is hands down the best team in the football championship subdivision. North Dakota State plays their game. Ain't nobody, ain't nobody touching the Bison. So the committee can do whatever the committee is going to do. And the Bison... Well, the Bison are going to do what the Bison are going to do with 24 seniors. Folks, getting to 10-0 in the Missouri Valley Football Conference, it ain't easy. North Dakota State has won eight straight Missouri Valley Football Conference championships, and we've talked about that. I've beat that drum. I've sang that praise. Hallelujah. Eight straight Missouri Valley Football Conference championships. Six national championships. In seven years, do you see where I'm going with this? North Dakota State is battle-tested. During eight conference championship seasons, during six national championship seasons going back to 2011, how many times have the Bison gone undefeated through the Missouri Valley Football Conference? You're sitting in your car. You're sitting at tailgating. My guys at Six Flags, they've got... Plenty of propane and kerosene stop by at tailgating. We'll be out there bright and early. I'm I'm layered up. I put a de-icer on the car this morning. You're asking, can you do that? Oh, oh yeah, you can do that. Put the de-icer on the car. Put some de-icer in my veins, if you know what I mean. I got the uh, Under Armour dry fit on. I'm layered up. I got the uh, Remember the Alamo Swanee cutoff shirt that I've had since college. That's the uh, Good Luck Game Day shirt. Above that, I've got the Under Armour dry fit to uh, keep the the wind and the moisture out. Then I've got an NDSU green hoodie on. And then I've got a gray bison back to the future Marty McFly vest. Got my bison stocking hat on in studio. Josh Linus running the board. He'll bear witness. I'm layered up, man, for a cold tailgater this morning. 
to watch the buys and go undefeated for only the second time. That's the answer. I know you're sitting in your car if you're driving, getting coffee, going to get some donuts. This Saturday morning, another glorious college football Saturday. Week 12. Playoffs starting up two times. Only two times has NDSU run the gauntlet of the Missouri Valley Football Conference undefeated if they can get a win against the Salukis of Southern Illinois today. The only other time they've done that was with that legendary 2013 team, one of the greatest teams in FCS history. You don't win 10 or 11 games and go undefeated by accident. That means you're a pretty doggone good football team. So the committee's going to do what the committee's going to do. Tomorrow morning at 11.30 on ESPNU. Now, what my thoughts, your old pal, your old buddy Swanee, brother Swan, twin brother Justin, he's off. He's skipping the game. You guys got to give him some, uh, you got to give him some education about that. Him and his wife are down in normal Illinois today visiting the in-laws, his brother-in-law, Luke and Hillary, wonderful, wonderful people. So they're down there. My brother texted me he's going to go shave Brock Spack's mustache. I said, go for it, buddy. I don't know any criminal defense lawyers in uh, Illinois, but I think it'd be great if you uh, ran into the stash down there and uh, did a little barbershop quartet. He's, he's skipping this football game today. But he thinks we got to bet. Now, he, he put a case of, and I, and I don't, he's from Maddox. We're from Maddox. I take a lot of pride in that. A lot of folks driving down from Maddox this morning. For the football game, Ma Swanee listening over at the, the Candlewood and Fargo with Kim Kirkheide from Leeds. Good Saturday morning. They got the steak skewers and the, the wings going today for tailgating. But Brother Swan, Mom, you need to talk to your other son. Dad, you need to call him up and have a talk to him. He's worried. We're having lunch this week, and, and he's one of those crazy Bison fans. Oh, they're, they're, you know they're going to they're gonna put uh, – South Dakota State on the same side of the bracket as us. And James Madison, too. James Madison's going to be the eighth. The committee hates us. Every committee hates us. They hate NDSU. Like, Justin, deep breath. You got to relax, man. You got to relax. He thinks that's what's going to happen. He thinks SDSU is going to be the four or five seed. He thinks JMU is going to be the eighth. There's a lot of football to be played today. I think North Dakota State is going to be looking at a four or five matchup against Kennesaw State or a Big Sky team, maybe a CAA team. And here's why. Let me tell you why. Let me throw down some education here on Saturday morning for you. Tell your friends. All right, here we go. The Missouri Valley Football Conference has two teams right now ranked in the top five stats, FCS top 25. The Bison, number one, undisputed, unchallenged, 10-0. And South Dakota State, the fighting John T. Stigemeyers from down in Brookings are at number five. They're 7-2. and two. They got a rivalry game today at Dyke House Stadium against the University of South Dakota at 2 p.m. And they're on upset alert. They're on upset alert. You heard it here first from Swan. Everyone's saying, oh, that game in Brookings, SDSU's going to sleepwalk through that one. And that's what I'm saying. I think they are going to sleepwalk through it. I think you got yourselves a four-quarter football game. It starts at 2 o'clock, and I think about the second half at the Fargo Dome, Dan O'Michaels, Dan O's going to be reading the score. He's going to say, from the Fargo Dome scoreboard, seven minutes left in the fourth quarter, University of South Dakota 28, South Dakota State 24. And fans are going to cheer. But I don't see the committee rewarding North Dakota State for an undefeated regular season by putting their biggest conference rival. And, and let's let's be clear on one thing first. The Bison play South Dakota State again. I think we beat them by two or three scores. I think NDSU is that much better of a football team. If you've listened to the Bison Illustrated podcast at bisonillustrated.com, you can go check that out right now. We've got our FCS playoff preview. We'll have another podcast posted tomorrow going through the brackets in the road to Frisco. But you've heard me say a million times this season, but I think if the Bison and Jacks played again, North Dakota State wins by two or three scores. Having said that, I don't think the committee is going to put South Dakota State, who I feel is the second-best team in the football championship subdivision this year, on the same side of the bracket as North Dakota State, particularly 
when only three Missouri Valley football teams are going to get in the playoff field. I think the committee puts them on the other side of the bracket. I think they're the number three seed. I think your number two seed is going to be either Weber State or Eastern Washington. And for the same reason, I think they don't put the two Missouri Valley football conference teams on the same side of the bracket. I think it's an easy choice for the committee. I don't think they put the two best teams in the big sky, Eastern Washington, who absolutely trucked Portland State last night, like 73-14 to or something goofy like that. I don't think the committee puts Eastern Washington and Weber State on the same side of the bracket. I think they split them up. Eastern Washington and Weber State played in the regular season this year. Weber State beat them in a low score on football game. I think they're going to put Eastern Washington on the same side of the bracket as North Dakota State, and I think they're going to put Weber State and South Dakota State on the same side of the bracket. Chips fall where they may. Kennesaw State, their schedule, and I I hear you out there. Swan, I hear the Six Flags boys. I hear the 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 on-the-plains guys. I hear you. You know FCS football. What about Kennesaw State? They're 9-1. and one. They're number two in both polls. Kennesaw State has a schedule softer than a warm-baked present roll out of the oven come this Thursday. They haven't played anybody. Their schedule is weak. They played Georgia State, an FBS team. Only loss of the season for Kennesaw State. Georgia State is one of the worst teams in college football. The Jeff Sagarin ratings, which ranks all the FCS and FBS teams, he's got Georgia State, who beat Kennesaw State 24-20 to earlier this year. He's got them ranked below seven Missouri Valley football conference teams. We're talking about Division I Georgia State, who beat Kennesaw State. Jeff Sagarin has seven Valley teams rated higher than Georgia State, including South Dakota. So don't come at me with this Kennesaw State stuff. I don't see them getting home field advantage throughout the playoffs. And they've got a tough one versus Jacksonville State today. Down in Atlanta, little little croaking in the voice there. SunTrust Park in Atlanta, 2 o'clock, Kennesaw State versus Jacksonville State. Jacksonville State's another team, a lot of early round playoff exits. They can't beat anybody from a power conference. I don't think... You'll see the winner of that game seated, no doubt. Whoever wins Kennesaw State versus Jacksonville State will be seated. They might be that 7 or 8 seed. But Kennesaw State is not deserving of a number 2 seed. They're not deserving of a number 3 seed. And they're not deserving of a number 4 seed when you put them up against an Eastern Washington, a Weber State, or a South Dakota State. And I think the committee gets that right. And that's why I think tomorrow morning when those brackets are unveiled, You're going to see the Bison on one side of the bracket. You're going to see the Jacks on the other side, and they're going to split up the dynamic duo powerhouses from the Big Sky Football Conference in Weber State and Eastern Washington. You heard it here first on Heard It Here with Swanee. Make sure to check out our show page at 740thefan.com. We come back for commercial break. The rumors have been flying around Fargo, and I want to talk about them. There was an article in the paper this week addressing the speculation that Kansas State could find themselves in the market for a brand-new football coach. And Gene Taylor, former athletic director at North Dakota State, now the athletic director at Kansas State, that he might come shopping in Fargo, and a certain head coach named Chris Kleiman could be on his way to Manhattan, Kansas, should Bill Snyder retire after Kansas State season this year. I want to get headlong into that. Coming up on Heard It Here with Swanee on 740 AM The Fan and 107.3 FM. 740 The Fan. Sports, news, blogs, contests. You may ask yourself, how is this possible? Online computers, that's how. Stay connected to everything. 740thefan.com. When you plant seeds that give top yields, your business keeps growing, literally. So get your seeds from a business that's been growing for over 50 years. Peterman Seeds in Holly. They have high-yielding AgriPro wheat varieties that include S.Y. Ingmar, S.Y. Valda, and S.Y. Soren. You can also get conventional corn and soybeans and Thunder Roundup-ready corn and soybeans at Peterman Seeds in Holly. Food-grade soybean contracts available as well. Call 800-326-3102. 
Welton's Tire Service knows that the right combination of dedication and talent is what makes any team successful. And that's why they're so successful at Welton's Tire Service on Main Street in Lisbon. They've been dedicated to their customers for over four decades with talented technicians who offer superior service and maintenance. Welton's Tire Service on Main Street in Lisbon. They're your Goodyear dealer. Welton's Tire Service in Lisbon, North Dakota. Online at weltonstire.net. Let's go Bison! Altendorf Trucking has alternating full and part-time CDLA driving positions to be filled immediately for the harvest season, hauling local and over the road. These positions can easily be made permanent for those willing to work full-time. Get started on your new career with Altendorf Trucking. To apply, call Mike or Marvin at Altendorf Trucking and Express in Minto, North Dakota, or email application to truck.safety at altendorfinc.com. That's truck.safety at altendorfinc.com. At American Family Insurance, we believe that with the right support, any dream is possible. For auto, home, business, or life, contact us today. For details, contact Chris Heise Agency. Call 701-293-0798 or stop by 722 13th Avenue East in West Fargo today. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, SI. American Family Insurance Company. American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin, 53783. Essentia Health is proud to support athletes at every level of play. We'll get you back on the field or on the court as safely and quickly as possible, no matter what sport you play. Our orthopedic and sports medicine specialists will provide expert care for your injuries so you can put on your uniform to do what you love again. Essentia Health Orthopedic and Sports Medicine, caring for you like nowhere else. For more information, visit EssentiaHealth.org. When you need tires, Valley Tires got them. Passenger car and light truck tires, commercial truck tires, even agricultural tires and tracks. If it rolls, Valley Tire has you covered with the most popular and best performing tires on the market. Michelin, BF Goodrich, Uniroyal and Hancock. Valley Tire, the newest tire shop in the FM area with a knowledgeable staff to get you back on the road in a hurry. Valley Tire, 6827th Street South, Far 25th Street. Online at valleytire.net or call 701-551-7002. this Soundgarden? That it is. Nice. I had this CD back in high school. Brother Swan and I would uh, play. There's this motorcycle game, Road Rash, for Sega Saturn, and I'd jam out to the Soundgarden, man. Josh knows his tunes, man. Josh Linus, nice work, buddy. It seems fitting for the, the conversation you're about to have. Oh, yeah. It's a tough one for Bison fans, and it's probably the worst-kept secret in Fargo, and the rumor mills are churning out about speculation. That Chris Kleiman could be headed to partner up and rejoin Gene Taylor at Kansas State. Should Bill Snyder, longtime Wildcats head coach, college football legend, class act, Hall of Famer, they don't make him much better than Bill Snyder. Speculation is that after a tough, tough season, the Kansas State head coach could be looking at retirement. Now, I know some of you have said, and I've talked with a lot of you about this, well, he just signed a one-year extension. Well, a one-year extension or any extension doesn't mean anything in college football at all. So you can put that aside. If Bill Snyder, uh, excuse me, Bill Snyder decides he's going to retire, he's going to retire. Period. Now, after Kansas State got taken apart by the Oklahoma Sooners earlier this month at the post-game press conference, someone asked Coach Snyder about that, writing the ship, putting things back on track. And he was, he was more or less speechless. He said, we got to figure it out. I don't really know what we're going to do. And Kansas State could find themselves in a market for a new head football coach. Now, Gene Taylor knows what he's doing. Gene Taylor is a superb leader. He is an excellent athletic director. And if Bill Snyder does retire, and that's, that's the whole assumption, the whole Megillah upon which this rests, if Bill Snyder decides to stick around another year, or waited out so his son, Sean, who's on the Kansas State coaching snap, staff, Coach Snyder's dream world, his son, Sean, takes over, continues the Snyder family legacy. Now, the folks down in Manhattan, Kansas, are reporting that ain't going to happen. So he could pull a bull Ryan at Wisconsin, get to the brink of the regular season next year, retire, resign, and have someone to be appointed the interim, 
down at K-State. There's all kinds of intrigue, but for the purposes of this discussion, our assumption is that Phil Snyder will retire. And if he does, I think Gene Taylor hires Chris Kleiman. I think Chris Kleiman will be the next head football coach at Kansas State. Chris Kleiman is a great football coach, and you can't begrudge him for taking an opportunity like that because there are only so many Power 5 jobs that come along. In a conference like the Big 12, where your budget is many, many, many more times what it is at North Dakota State, Kansas State has made New Year's Day bowl games. Kansas State under Bill Snyder is a perpetual top 25 college football program. Now, they're having a down year, but there are not many perpetual top 25 football programs. And if you're a coach and you get an opportunity to coach at the FBS level at a Power 5 that puts resources into its football program, you've got to take it. Now, I've had some back and forth this week on Twitter with Bison fans, and I know some of you out there right now, I know you're thinking that, well, you know, it's, it's too risky. It's, it's too risky. Gene won't do it. He won't do it. Friends, I know Gene Taylor. I've known Gene for a long time. If Gene Taylor thinks Chris Kleiman gives Kansas State the best shot to win should Bill Snyder retire, Gene Taylor is not going to blink an eye to hire Chris Kleiman. Now you're saying, one guy was saying to me earlier this week, well, if he, gets, if he hires him and gets it wrong, then he's done. doesn't matter who he hires. In major college football today, you live and die by the hiring of your football coach. And if you're at a program, whether it's Big 12, Big 10, SEC, and you're the athletic director and you hire a football coach that doesn't make it, you are not long for that job. Now, Gene Taylor has never been a guy who's let out of fear. Gene Taylor had to make some awfully tough decisions at North Dakota State. Now, if you rewind back to 2001 or thereabouts when Gene Taylor got to Fargo, North Dakota State was starting to look at the Division I move. And there was a lot of inertia in this town. There was a lot of inertia from the alumni base. There was a lot of inertia from the political leaders and business leaders in the entire state of North Dakota telling Gene Taylor and Joe Chapman they were out of their darn minds thinking North Dakota State could be a Division I school. They said we're a Division I, or excuse me, a Division II institution. We're a very good Division II institution. We belong in Division II. If we go to Division I, we're going to get it handed to us week after week, and we're not going to be competitive. Joe Chapman and Gene Taylor had a vision for this university, and they executed. And they moved up to Division I knowing that if it didn't work out, they'd be out of a job. They didn't straddle a fence. They jumped in head first. They did their due diligence. They did their homework. And North Dakota State, hands down, made the most successful transition of any university in the history of universities moving up a level. And that credit goes to Gene Taylor. It goes to Joe Chapman. Gene Taylor had to face an awfully tough decision shortly into his tenure at North Dakota State, and that was hiring a new football coach. Now, everybody in town, all the alumni base, all the football power brokers, they wanted Gus Bradley. Casey Gus Bradley played for North Dakota State. He was an assistant for the North Dakota State football program. Everybody loved Gus. Gus is a heck of a football coach. Quite obviously, he's coaching in the NFL now and has been an NFL head coach. Everybody was pushing for Gus. Gene Taylor bucked the wind and hired a guy named Craig Bowl. And Craig Bowl did pretty well at North Dakota State and built a football juggernaut. That was an unpopular decision that Gene Taylor made. Gene Taylor hired the guy who he thought gave NDSU the best chance to win football games in Craig Bowl. Gene Taylor was right. Gene Taylor busted his butt to get North Dakota State into a conference. And you've, you've heard the stories about sleepless nights. If you talk to Gene or Kathy Taylor, two of the most wonderful people that you'll ever meet, they're both just fantastic. And I can't say enough about Gene and Kathy. There was a lot of gut-churning nights while Gene was trying to get North Dakota State into a conference. Gene Taylor is not afraid to make decisions where people are going to question him at all. So if you think that he'll go with some hotshot FBS coordinator, if you think he's going to say something like, well, Kleiman needs some seasoning as a defensive coordinator somewhere, you don't know Gene Taylor. 
if Gene Taylor thinks Chris Kleiman gives his team the best chance to win football games, Gene Taylor is going to hire Chris Kleiman. And if that Kansas State job comes open, I'm telling you, I think North Dakota State's going to be looking for a new football coach. Now, there's other things you probably want to talk about. It's Thanksgiving. We're on the playoff push. North Dakota State's going for another championship, 24 seniors. And, oh, by the way, we might be wearing green-on-green jerseys today for the first time ever. If you take a look at NDSU's Twitter account, Football Twitter, Athletics Twitter, the Senior Day hype image had a player with a green jersey top and a harvest helmet on, and I think that was intentional. I think that was some subliminal teasing where you might see the bison come running out and green on green today, and I think that'd be pretty cool. And I know there's other things to talk about, but this is story A1 above the fold, just like it was in 2013. Now, unlike 2013, there was always talk. Now, Craig Bull had been offered other jobs. He'd interviewed for other jobs. Would, would Coach Bull leave North Dakota State? Well, the same is true right now in 2018, which last week we hinted on it on the radio show here. You can go back and listen to that show on 740thefan.com on the Heard It Here show page. We teased it that there's a lot of similarities between the 2018 Bison and the 2013 Bison, and that was one of the ones we were winking and nodding at each other in the studio because this speculation has been going on for about the better part of two weeks. And the Bison will handle it. Matt Larson will have one awfully big decision to make, and you know that in his desk at the shack, Matt Larson, much like Gene Taylor five years ago in 2013, has a folder labeled, in case of emergency, break glass. And in that folder is a game plan, a contingency plan, of what the Bison will do if Chris Kleiman ever leaves as our head football coach. And that day, that day will come, whether it's this year or next year or two years from now, Chris Kleiman deserves a chance to coach at the FBS level. Whether it's the FCS ranks or FBS ranks, I've followed, I've followed college football for the better part of my 36 years of existence, going back to the 21-inch Zenith TV in Maddox, North Dakota. Brother Swan and I have been college football nuts since the day I can remember. I can remember watching Bo Jackson-Auburn games on CBS back in the day. Chris Kleiman deserves a shot to coach alongside the biggest names and biggest teams in college football. And if he gets that, we'll be darn proud of him. We'll be darn proud of him because he's earned it. And North Dakota State will be just fine because North Dakota State is bigger than one person. Now, Coach Kleiman has done a tremendous job, him and his staff, of building a winner and taking the program to an even higher level than what Craig Bowl did when he was here and what his staff did, with all due respect to Craig and his staff. But North Dakota State is well-positioned and will be fine if it comes, whether it's tomorrow, a week from now, or a month from now, and we find ourselves in a market for a new football coach. And we'll be fine because of all of you listening, because of how much you care about North Dakota State. Because coaches are going to come and go, athletic directors are going to come and go, and players are going to come and go, but you never will. When we talk about the strength of the herd, that's exactly what we're talking about. So that's why I think North Dakota State will be just fine. We've got a lot to talk about still here on Herd Here with Swanee at 740 AM. The fan, we're going to have the FCS Face the Nation roundtable. we got Nolan P. Schmidt and Chase Miller. We're going to talk about the FCS landscape seating and the playoffs coming up on Herd It Here with Swan. Hey, by the way, Sony just dropped in on us. Thielen went to Minnesota State Mankato. He's one of us I, to that extent, which I, again. So Wentz went yes. to NDSU. Yes. Are you sure that's Thielen. not Flip? No. And Adam it, Thielen went where? Mankato. Dan Barrero. Weekdays at 3 on The Fan. Yankee Insurance is small enough to care and big enough to handle all of your insurance needs. If you're having trouble getting insurance in the past due to violations, accidents, or even a DUI, let Yankee Insurance help you through the tough times. Having insurance is not an option, it's the law. Yankee Insurance will help you protect the things you value most. Whatever it is, they can help. Call Yankee Insurance today at 232-5722. Ready for support or the playground, injuries and broken bones happen. Essentia Health's orthopedics and sports medicine team offers easy access to experts who provide compassionate care to get your kids back in the game as safely and quickly as possible. 
Essentia Health Orthopedics and Sports Medicine, caring for you like nowhere else. For more information, visit EssentiaHealth.org. Valley Tires, the newest tire shop of the FM area with passenger car and light truck tires, commercial truck tires, even agricultural tires and tracks. But they are so much more than just tires. Valley Tire does wheel alignments and mechanical work too. They have on-site service trucks and a pickup and delivery service. Whether it's the family sedan, a fleet vehicle, or a farm tractor, Valley Tire will handle it for you. Just say the word. Valley Tire, 6827th Street South, Fargo, just south of the intersection of Main Avenue and 25th Street. Online at valleytire.net or call 701-551-700. Teamwork, dedication, hard work, determination. This is what makes a team great and the philosophy you'll find at Western State Bank. Working with you to find the best financial solutions. The Western team is dedicated to help you reach your goals. Visit them at their West Fargo or Fargo location and experience banking at its best. Or call 277-5003. Western State Bank congratulates all the teams at State and wishes you the best of luck too. Western State Bank, your hometown bank. Member FDIC. As old as paper and ink, Nolan Schmidt brings his new school approach to Bison Illustrated as its editor-in-chief and joins Swanee to go over the big headlines for this week's matchup. Upset alert! Swanee's got South Dakota State on upset alert this morning against the USD Coyotes down in Brookings. I think we're going to hear Daniel Michaels in the fourth quarter this afternoon at the Fargo Dome read out a score where the Coyotes are up by a touchdown or four points and Bison fans are going to start going nuts and anyone still at the Dome who hasn't already left to go somewhere else to watch the second half because the Bison are up by five or six touchdowns. Going to be watching that game with elevated interest. Want to thank Peterman Seeds, Seabird Power Sports, Essential Health, Yankee Insurance, and Altendorf. Trucking for sponsoring the show and bringing this audio cornucopia of goodness to you on the eve of Thanksgiving. I also want to throw out a shout-out to the Fargo Fireballers out at tailgating. It's two degrees out there, but they're uh, getting the ice hole down to warm them up. Good for you guys. I'll be out there in a little bit to join Six Flags. We got so much to talk about, Nolan and Chase. I I don't even know where to start. There's talk about the seedings, the South Dakota State. Get put on the same side of the bracket as North Dakota State. Chase, on your show here later this morning, you got Craig Haley on to talk about it. Where do they put Weber and Eastern? Does the Valley get three teams in? And does the University of North Dakota, who's down in Flagstaff, play in Northern Arizona today? Do they get into the playoffs? And do we potentially see them play in the first week in December in the Fargo Dome? So to, to start with, let's let's uh, let's just get the UND talk. Out of the way, UND, is it a win and you're in? Is it a win and you're in, and the Fighting Hawks and Bubba Schweigert are in the playoffs? I, I think so. I, I think we would. I think Chase also agrees with that. I mean, when you look at their body of work, yeah, maybe the Sam Houston game doesn't look as impressive as it did, you know, back in September. But, I mean, a lot of things maybe need to fall into place, too. We were talking about it off air. This Montana-Montana State game kind of has a lot of implications for UND because, obviously, UND manhandled Montana at the Alaris Center a few weeks back, and, you know, if if Montana wins, that looks a lot better on their resume. But, I mean, I, I think 7-4 and four gets you in. I, I think when you look at kind of the vast scope of what this this field is going to look like this year, I mean, we might see a 6-5 and five team. We, we I, ju- I just don't really know. So, I mean, when you really kind of stack it up, I think 7-4 and four gets you in. And the problem is, and I'm going to ask Craig the same question, is a 7-4 and four team like uh, Indiana State, if they win today, or if Idaho State gets a win today against Weber, they would have a top five win. The problem is they have a Division two win. And, you know, sometimes you'll hear people uh, talk about the committee not taking you uh, having a bad game if you go up and play a conference, um, you know, Big Ten team or an ACC team or a Mountain West team. But if you're going down and playing an NAI school or a Division two or Division three, that's going to be awfully tough for the committee to say, well, this is the reason why you're in compared to a different team who has seven wins. Now, some fans might say, well, hold up. UND beat Mississippi Valley State, but that And they lost to Idaho State. And that is considered, however, an FCS win. So there's like a a couple teams that I'm circling as bid stealers. Um, North Carolina, A&T, obviously, if they win, I think they get in at 9-2. and two. If Chattanooga somehow knocks off South Carolina, that would be an SEC win on your resume, and they would be 7-4. and four. I don't think it's going to happen, but certain stuff like that would have to go uh, 
would have to happen later today to make other teams outside of UND, who's on the bubble, Western Illinois, Indiana State, if you take a look at the Valley, the Valley didn't do themselves justice last week with the UNI losing, with Western losing, and you know Illinois State all of a sudden once we came in saying, well, geez, this is a great top 10 matchup at the Fargonome. They just went off the radar pretty quick with losses to South Dakota State and UNI and company. So I think it's as simple, Swanee. They win, they're in, but it's going to be tough because UND's offense is really banged up. Defensively is sound, but Northern Arizona's coming into the game, guys, really on awkward position because their game at Sacramento State was canceled due to all the wildfires, mm-hmm. but they made the trip and they did pregame warmups until 90 minutes before kickoff, before that game actually got postponed. So they might be in a little bit of a funk for the Lumberjacks. Another win in your in game potentially is the the one you guys mentioned, Western Illinois playing Indiana State and folks for both the Sycamores and Lumberjacks and the Missouri Valley Football Conference will be pushing for it and is pushing for it. I think the Valley gets three teams in the playoffs. I don't know that. Western Illinois, Indiana State is a win and you're in because I can see the committee, and I, and I think this will happen. I think if Western Illinois wins, they're in. I think if Indiana State wins and Northern Iowa beats Missouri State this afternoon, the committee will put in, and we talked about it, Nolan, on the podcast at bisonillustrated.com this week. I think the committee in that situation would put Northern Iowa in over Indiana State because Northern Iowa has the head-to-head against Indiana State, beat them by a couple touchdowns earlier in the year. They'd both be sitting at 5-3 and three in the Valley. They'd both have six Division One wins. Northern Iowa beats South Dakota That's State. That's the trump card. That's the trump card. That's why Northern Iowa gets in over Indiana State. Should Indiana State win and Northern Iowa win, Northern Iowa can point to the fact that they've beat a top-four team, and I think the committee will take a look at that and say Northern Iowa deserves to be in the field over Indiana State. I, I, I'm interested to see how much precedence the committee puts on the Missouri Valley compared, you know, even in a case of UND. You know, you look at those three teams that you just mentioned, Swanee and Indiana State, Western Illinois, and Northern Iowa. If one of those teams happens to get in, is that the spot that would have belonged to UND? We, I mean, we don't know. I'm interested to see kind of what kind of precedence the committee puts on top of, you know, UND being an independent and then a Missouri Valley school like Indiana State that went 7-4. and four. Or, you know, Northern Iowa that has six Division One wins. Or Western Illinois that has six Division One wins. I'm interested how they stack that up because we've obviously discussed time and time again that the Missouri Valley Football Conference is far and away the toughest conference in FCS football. So I wonder if that plays into the fact that, you know, who's going to get in over a UND or if UND is going to get in over one of those three teams. I'm interested to see that. I'll, I'll be the naysayer quick here on the Missouri Valley, not to say the Valley isn't good. We know it's quality football. The problem is this year for the Valley for maybe only getting two teams in. They've eaten themselves up. Well, they've eaten themselves up and non-conference play. They didn't play as well. Normally non-conference, they've went three and oh, they go two and one and you can afford four conference losses and still get in the playoffs or three conference losses. This year, teams didn't take care of business in the non-conference to where you say, well, geez, you know, one or two teams played Montana. Now Montana beat this team in, in UNI. They lost to Western Illinois. You know, you look at the Big Sky Missouri Valley matchup. Again, we've talked about it here before, five to three, but that's only one game different where if the Big Sky wins, it's an even split at four to four. It's just the Valley this year isn't as great as in years past because of the non-conference. And then the last thing about UND is, Compared to a few years ago when they didn't get in and Western got in with six six wins and UND got left out with seven and uh, Wyoming went on their resume, is UND hasn't been blown out this year. You take a look back at their losses, they've all been within one possession, and that was the thing that hurt them a couple years ago is the quote-unquote bad loss. And there's always a term that com- the committee uses every year that we go, well, geez, if you would have known that, you wouldn't have scheduled this team or done this. But because they haven't gotten blown out this year, I think is paramount or if, you, if you're a UND fan trying to make the playoffs. They have to win, though, today to get in. If they lose, they're done. They're not getting in at 6-5. and five. If it comes down to, to UNI and UND, I, I think, full disclosure, I think both teams get in. I think UNI gets in the field. I think UND gets in the field. But if the committee is looking at an either-or in that situation, despite the fact the Valley having a 5-3 edge over the Big Sky and the Missouri Valley Big Sky Challenge, in that situation, I think UND gets in because they have a common opponent in Montana. UND beat Montana, beat them soundly at the Alaris. UNI got beat by a, a mediocre Montana team. They didn't handle that at all. So I think in that situation, the committee would say, we're going to put UND in over UNI. It's going to be interesting tomorrow morning at 1130 ESPNU 
when the brackets are revealed to find out what the committee put a bunch of weight on, what played heavily on their minds, not just for the seating. You know, do they put NDSU, SDSU on the same side of the bracket? Let's talk about that after the break. But also, what do they do with all these CAA teams? Because if Maine wins and beats Elon this afternoon, Maine would be the outright CAA champion at 7-1 in the league, 7-1 in the league, 8-3 overall. They're the number 16 team in the country. But if James Madison could beat Towson and move to 6-2 in the conference and 8-3 overall, James Madison is probably the team from the CAA that gets a higher seed than the CAA champion, which is very much possible. We're going to talk about that coming up on Heard It Here with Swanee. You guys, best friend club, you, fella, number one. 365-8083. That's Legacy Wealth Management located right here in the middle of bison country in Fargo, North Dakota. We're taking it to the bank as Swanee brings you his lock-solid prediction for this week's game. Just don't bet the house on it or anything, okay? Oh, my God. Are you serious? Sin City of the North, Fargo, North Dakota. I got some juice riding on the selection stuff with Brother Swan. We made a bet. The bet is not for money. No, it's just for pride and beverages. So if South Dakota State, he's convinced that they're going to be put at the four seed, then he he wants a 30 of Bush Latte. Out of everything he could pick, that's what he picked. Well, okay, Justin, he's listening to normal little college. Illinois. Oh, I know it. I'm like, yep. I can't believe you just called Fargo the Sin City of the North. Oh, that's really what I'm sitting Say here Say your prayers. About. Say your prayers, folks. Have you been to tailgating, Nolan? Yeah, I yeah. have. I have. Debauchery. Pra- pra- <laughs> craziness. Debauchery. It's out of control. That's a good word. Calling the Footloose Town police to come in. There's too much dancing and tailgating. I need you to calm down. I'm all wound up. But if I win and SDSU is put at the the three seed, then he's got to buy me a, a six of something that doesn't taste like uh, stuff that would come out of a horse, as in Bush Latte. I'm from Attic. I'm a snob, I guess. Like, I grew up, and that was the gold standard, the, the Bush Lattes. And folks from Attic are hearing my voice saying, man, Swanee. Swan is out of touch. We lost Heresy. him. He's one of those East Coast elites, one of those liberals. Won't drink the bush latte. I'm sorry, guys. We're, we're still buddies. Let's get the train back on the track. We were talking before the break. want to thank a couple sponsors real quick. Welton's Tire Service, Valley Tire, Chris Heisey, American Family Insurance Agent and Legacy Wealth Management, that there's a real interesting scenario on in the CAA today where if number 16, Maine, wins, they'll be outright conference champions. But if James Madison beats Towson on the road, which is going to be a tough, tough game for James Madison, you got Bill, Fred, Tom, Jack Flacco, Joe Flacco's younger brother. Tom. Tom Flacco. There we go. Right. One of five. That sounds right. There was a nice write-up by uh, Greg Medea. The, the JMU beat writer had an article about him. I didn't realize he'd bounced around Flacco between like a JUCO, and then he was at Rutgers, and I think Central Michigan. Now he's lighting up the CAA, probably going to be the CAA Offensive Player of the Year. If Maine wins and if James Madison wins, despite the fact Maine will be the outright conference champion, James Madison probably gets the higher seed in the playoffs than Maine, don't they? I mean, do you go off pedigree, Chase? Because this is the the long-standard debate. You know the committee Do you go off pedigree saying, okay, there's James Madison and there's Maine? Who do we want? Well, James Madison, you know, they're probably a little bit more of a prestigious program in the FCS ranks, so let's put James Madison. I would vote that just because I think that's the way the committee thinks, unfortunately. The problem is, too, they didn't play, and that and that's, and that's issues. I mean, it's the same thing in the Valley. If Indiana State this year went undefeated in conference play, hypothetically, and the Bison didn't play them, oh, wait, that happened one year, Illinois State, right? They didn't meet up until the national championship, which was ironically a conference championship, too. So this is what you're getting in the big sky. You're getting in the CAA. You're going to get it a little bit more once North Dakota comes down from the Valley because now there's going to be two teams that you're going to miss on the rotation instead of one. So you could have more opportunities where, let's say, the Bison don't play Youngstown State one year, and Youngstown State runs the table and NDSU runs the table. Well, who gets the AQ? Who gets all this type of in, – and then at the same point, too, if you get a year like the CAA where, well, everyone's 7-3 and three right now. And for Elon, this might be a win or a go-home game because they had one of their games earlier in the year uh, postponed due to the hurricane out there. If they lose this game, they might not be able to get in because of that uh, William & Mary game they were unable to play. But if it's it's a matter of 
pedigree, and it's a matter of does the committee look at conference champions. If you say a conference champion is higher in your mark, it would be the same thing if South Dakota won the Missouri Valley and NDSU was a spot behind, let's just say, and they didn't play each other. Well, who, who, would, you, who would you take? If, if USD finished 10-1 and one and NDSU finished 10-1, and one, but South Dakota won the Valley, would you put USD in a higher seat if you bring it to a Missouri Valley-type angle? Juxtaposing that to the big sky, assuming Weber State, if they were to beat Idaho State today, they'd finish 7-1 and one along with Eastern Washington, tied for the big sky conference standings. Now, Cal Davis, if, if they play with the Fires, I, I don't know if they'll end up playing today. They're going to try to play, but if they win... You'll have Eastern, Davis, and Weber all at 7-1. and one. Davis and Weber have not played. Eastern beat Davis, but Weber beat Eastern. So even with all the style points Eastern Washington's looking at, there could be an argument if you're Weber State saying, hey, we beat them head-to-head. We deserve the higher seed. And here's what's going to set my phone off tomorrow morning. My phone's going to explode. My friends at Six Flags, at work, Bison Nation, anyone who has my phone number, I might put my phone on silent because here's the worst case scenario for me tomorrow morning as I'm sitting in front of the fireplace in a robe and slippers, sipping a coffee. South Dakota State ends up with the four seed. James Madison ends up with the eight seed. Mm-hmm. My buddies are going to be like, see, I told you, man. I told you. Committee hates us. They put SDSU and JMU on the same side of the bracket. This BS, man. We got hosed. If that if that happens, man, buys a nation, their heads might explode. And I... Can you imagine being South Dakota State and James Madison, too? If you're John Stigemeyer, if you're Coach Houston, you're thinking, really? I, arguably, I think Nolan's right, and we said it earlier today. I think South Dakota State is the second-best team in the FCS this year. But if you have NDSU and SDSU and JMU on the same side of the bracket, there's going to be a lot of other teams on that other side saying, we got a realistic shot to Frisco because we don't have to go through those three programs. Yeah, there's uh, I mean, there's a lot that needs to be figured out. I mean, I think we, if I need to see South Dakota State beat South Dakota today, I think that's, you know, you said they're, they're on upset alert, Swanee. They're on full upset alert. I mean, alert. I, think, I think Eastern Washington, you know, I said it in the break, is definitively, I think they should be the number two seed, you know, regardless of if they lost to Weber. I mean, they've put up enough style points to beating UC Davis as handily as they did and then beating Portland State by hanging 74 points on them. I think that's enough to get them in that number two slot. If South Dakota State wins, I can't see the committee putting them at four. They have to be the three, three seed. I, 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 I truly believe that. You know, And you know whether or not James Madison's the eight, that's neither here nor there. But I just cannot foresee the committee putting North Dakota State, South Dakota State on the same side of the bracket. And I know Chase thinks of it in terms of we got to take, we got to strip them of their conference. Right. And, and, you know, I just think South Dakota State deserves that three if they beat South Dakota today. It's just how much does that loss to you and I hurt, SDSU. And it wasn't like a one point loss either. I mean, Northern Iowa kind of took advantage of it and they beat the Jacks. Now, granted, that wasn't in Brookings, that was on the road. So that can maybe be a leeway. I've always been the fan of this. Take away the conference affiliation. I know there's been talks about, well, we should just seed all 24 teams or we should just seed all the top 16 and you make that first round more the regional than after that. It just goes into playing each other. And don't get me wrong. The one year the Valley had five teams on the same bracket was Asinide. I think everybody can agree with that. No one wants to see the same team possibly back-to-back weekends where you get to play someone the second time (laughs) during the season. But if South Dakota State is the four or the five, for that matter, guys, it doesn't matter which one because they will be on the same side of the bracket as NDSU as a one. But if they're the seventh best team, if they're the second best team, however the committee looks at it, they should take conference affiliation away. It'd be the same thing if I'm an Eastern Washington and Weber State fan going, well, if Eastern Washington is two and Weber State's three, hypothetically, so be it. If the committee thinks those are the top three teams or top five teams, Take conference affiliation away because you have to look at it with whoever is one through eight in your heart of hearts, which I know it doesn't happen all the time, but in your heart of hearts, that's who you put on that one line to two line to three line moving forward. Running out of daylight, guys. We got to make some game time predictions. And I will say I was one point off last week. I picked 49 to seven Camp Peterson. You miss an extra point and make me look like a dummy because I would have called it perfect. (laughs) I lost a bunch of money. I threw down like the mortgage on that. I said, Livy, I feel really, really good about this outcome. But that last week, we haven't even talked about that. Easton stick, surgical, 10 for 10 at 1.4 touchdowns. Ended up with five passing touchdowns, tied a school record. We got Southern Illinois real quick. Dan Gatsky tells me, good Six Flags guy, Danimal, 
SDSU will be the three. We get JMU and Fargo and have to watch their silly intro in our house. Fison get revenge for this game. What's going to happen this afternoon against Southern Illinois Salukis, fellas? I know for a fact that if you thought Missouri State was poor defensively, Southern Illinois is maybe ten times worse defensively. They're they're atrocious. So um, I see something similar. It's senior day too, guys. I mean, we, I don't know if you've hit on that so far today, Swanee, but I mean, they got 24 guys that are coming out, and you know, it doesn't matter if they got playoffs in two weeks or you know, they're treating it just like it's their last game in the Fargo Dome. And, and you know, I, I think that's going to play a huge factor. I, I don't see this game really being close. If it is close, you know, I don't know if we need to be worried about it, but you know, I, I would definitely raise my eyebrows if it was within. 28, 35 points. So, I mean, do you want a score prediction? Is oh, yeah. You, you, oh, don't, okay. don't weasel out of not making a score prediction. I will say. Uh, Give me 80. Give me 80. <laughs> I'll say 56 Ugh. to, you know, Southern Illinois can put points up. Wow. I'll, I'll say I'll say 14. Wow, big sky kind of game. All right. They can, they can put up points, Chase. Well, well, Luke Stanley, talking with him earlier in the week, he said something that I think rings true is that Chris Kleiman does not allow this team to look past their opponent. And they mm-hmm. understand there's a bye week coming up. They understand what what's at stake with the number one seed. I think NDSU with their 24 seniors, they're going to be locked in razor sharp. If the first couple minutes looks a little off, then maybe there's something to, to worry about for senior day. But I think the Bison are going to find a way to get the job done. I'm going to go 41-10, to 10, Bison, 41-10. A legendary team on a mission to go undefeated, undisputed wire-to-wire wire and win an FCS championship. Through adversity, through distraction, they've overcome it all. And this North Dakota State team, they're not slowing down. The Bison are going to be up big today. How big? 35 to 7 at halftime big. But it ain't about today. It's about the playoffs, baby. And the Bison, the train is stopping at the Frisco Station. No matter who we play. This is Herded here with Swanee. Reminding you that the strength of the herd is the Bison. And the strength of the Bison is the herd. They're not good with boundaries, so they ended up here. It's fun to play for 10. Come on. The Power Trip. Weekday mornings at 6. They're hilarious. On 740 The Fan. And 740TheFan.com.